What is up, Uncommon People? Caleb Fossum here with another solo cast. Um, yeah, I just felt compelled to get on here for a solo cast today. I've had a lot of thoughts in my head. And I kind of want to open up this podcast by first saying, you know, I've been through a journey, cr- pretty crazy journey, right? Um, I'm an ex-athlete. I mean, I still consider myself an athlete um, just by the way I train and the things I do. But I had to go through that transition. I had to go through that transition of leaving something that I've put my entire life into. My entire existence has been being an athlete. That's the label I've been given. That's the label I've worked so hard to keep. That's the label I've been wanting to keep my whole life. My only dream in this life so far has been to make it to the NFL. And I've talked about it before, but that didn't happen. And I had to go through a very, very serious transition phase of finding out who I was as a person and finding out what other interests I had and finding out what I was put on this earth to do, finding out my other passions, just really, really going internal, internal inside of myself to find out who I really am. And it was hard. It's still hard. It's fucking scary. It's every single day is a battle of finding direction, finding purpose, making sure I'm doing the things I'm supposed to be doing, if, if this makes any sense to anybody. But the reason I'm saying this is because I've been on this journey. I'm still on this journey of finding out who I am. I'm still on this journey of finding out what what I enjoy to do. And I think the problem that I'm really struggling with, I talk about my clarity all the time. But it's funny because I landed on this topic with one of my boys, uh, Jesse, who's been a you know like an older brother to me so far out here in, in Texas and just a mentor. Um, and Jesse was, was saying that everybody that we look up to, you know, that I personally look up to, that he looks up to, and a lot of my friends look up to are Renaissance men, are men that, that are, you know, almost jack of all trades, master of none, know a little bit about everything, right? That they, they, back in the day, they were labeled philosopher, teacher, manufacturer, like they, everybody had a bunch of different titles. There wasn't just one title, right? So for our life's for our life as athletes, we have a title. We're an athlete. We're a football player. We're a baseball player. We're a soccer player. We have one title. That's all we've known our entire life is this label of being an athlete and these expectations that we've put on ourselves or that we let our parents, our coaches, and everybody else put on us, right? I'm opening up with this because I've had a lot of athletes, ex and current, reach out to me about this journey, about this process. If you're playing the pressure that you're feeling. How do I get rid of this pressure? You don't know who you are. In order to get rid of the pressure, you have to find out who you really are. You have to dig deep into the identity of you. Who are you? And I'm not talking about you as the athlete. Who are you? Without sports, if you strip yourself of all the labels, everything, who are you? Who is the soul inside of you? That's how you get rid of the pressure. Once you find out who you are, once you find out what you stand for, what you believe in, your values, your morals, once you find out who you really are inside of this human experience, once you find that, then you take the pressure off. The game becomes fun. And, you know, I wish I learned, it's it's the tale that everybody says, right? If I knew now what I knew then, right? But I think I was put on this earth to go through these experiences and then communicate them to people that are going through something similar to what I went through. I don't have all the answers. I'm not certified in shit. Um, I didn't go to school for psychology or I want to go back to school for psychology, but I didn't graduate with a psychology degree. 
This is from, from strictly being in the arena, okay? Being in the arena of life, being in the arena of sports, being in the arena of life after sports. I am. I graduated in 2019. I trained for about two years while working, while doing other stuff, wearing a lot of hats, training for this dream to go to the NFL or get a shot at the NFL. I even signed a professional contract to go play in the arena league but didn't end up going. I've been asked to go play in several different leagues currently, but still, I... I've, I've been done with that part of my life. I've shed that character. I move on from that journey because I believe that I have something bigger to bring to the world. And I think that's just communicating. Um, you know, and I have a lot of friends that are still playing, still trying to play, which I believe that's their, that's their path is to make it to that level. Right. But the reason I'm starting out with this is because if you are somebody who is an athlete, um, not just athletes, anybody that's going through a transition phase in their life from one chapter to the next, I am a resource. I'm here to help you. I'm here to guide you in any way that I can. I can try to answer anything that I can. Everybody's different. Everybody has a t- uh, has a story that's tailored towards them. Everybody's on their own own journey. Everybody's creating their own movie every single minute of the day. Every moment's different, right? All we have in this life is our perception, our perspective, and you got to earn that. So I think I've earned my perspective in the sense of being a walk-on out of high school, going back Having zero Division One offers um, for sports, zero. Not one Division One offer did I have. I was an undersized white dude, 170 pounds soaking wet, who up until my senior year, before my senior year, had not, didn't have very much film. You know, I was always a high energy guy. I was always a natural leader. I was always kind of a captain. Um, but as far as the, the the tape and the statistics, I didn't have. So going into my senior year, um, I buckled down. I worked my ass off. I did a lot of shit and. Still, no Division One offers, right? So it's been an uphill journey for me. I became a walk-on, walked on at Washington State, then transferred to Nevada, Reno, where I got a scholarship um, and became a captain, represented, represented our, our team at Mountain West Media Day. So I have this whole spectrum of being a walk-on, earning a spot, playing as a walk-on, um, return to punt for a touchdown, which I'll get into uh, from the Dance with Fear uh, aspect of what I do for this podcast, but earned a spot, scored a touchdown as a walk-on, then didn't get a scholarship at that school, had to transfer, became the transfer. That was before the transfer portal, but became a transfer. Had to go through that, get to a new school, become the guy, get hurt the first game, go through an injury, miss my whole season, then work my ass off to come back, have a good junior season, then become a captain my senior season, and then Going into that transition of going from college, well, rehabbing. I ended my college career with an injury, missed the last couple games of my of my college career. Had to rehab, come back, and start training for the NFL, and get so close to your dream, literally just fucking sniffing the dream, and um, and and didn't make it right. So you had to go through this transition, and I'm just I'm here to ask, you know, if there's anybody out there that is struggling with a transition phase, that's struggling with moving on and shedding a past character to step into the new chapter in their life, I'm here as a resource, and I truly mean that. And I mean that if you're subscribed to Dance with Fear, you can always email me on that. Um, you know, I have a lot of stuff that I post on that that I do personally with with other athletes, clients, and stuff like that. And I don't market myself on social media as you know, really anything. Cause I don't think I can, I can be put into a box. You know, when I work with, with my clients, um, it's, it's this identity thing. It's, it's this discovering who you are as a person. It's not, it's not just physical. It's not just mental. It's a holistic aspect of, of being healthy. And I, and I truly mean healthy. And again, it's an everyday battle and I still struggle with things. And I tell my clients that, that I am still struggling with things, with things as, 
as we live this life. There's things that come up every single fucking day that I have to overcome, that I have to go through, and it's a continuing journey every single day to try to become the best version of yourself. But I just know how hard the transition is. Um, and if there's anything that I can do to help, please reach out. Hit me up on Instagram. Um, you know, Email me. If you have my number, hit me up. I just want to be of service. I think I was put on this earth to, to help, to help guide and to help people go through these phases because it's fucking hard, man, and you can't do it by yourself. You know, I was blessed with a great support system, a great tribe. I have an amazing girlfriend that has been with me every step of the way that's helped me kind of step into different characters and shed old skins. I have great tribe of, of friends and, and family, and so I want to be part of your tribe. So that's kind of what I want to open up this podcast with. Um, and, you know, kind of getting into, again, I do this, the dance with fear. I, I kind of read different things that, um, you know, that's, it's just been my journey through life. Dance with fear has been a great outlet for me. Dance with fear.co, um, is my email journal. I like to say it's a place where I get to kind of purge my thoughts, purge the things that come into my head, these questions I have, things that have happened, just kind of my journey. It's own little, my own little memoir. It's my journal. It's, it's literally my journal. So anytime I'm feeling any type of way, you know, I have my normal journal that I do, you know, I try to do every single day of the gratitude and the things I'm thankful for. Um, a great exercise that that helped me currently um, has been my perfect day. My boy Jesse uh, was like, hey, man, go home and write out your perfect day. Like, what does your perfect day look like? And that's something that's helped me. So I'll go home and I'll write. I like to write, actually. But um, when I have, like, deep thoughts, I call it down the rabbit hole is the thought is the um, the sequence of um, my email journal. And it's funny because in the beginning, reading these emails – I mean, I'm, I'm still learning how to fucking write, um, but the emails in the beginning are very different from the emails that you get towards the end of the sequence. So if you can kind of stick through those early emails, they get better as time goes on, I hope, I've been told. Um, but it's just a little insight, man, and, and a little memoir. I get a lot, I get some questions from people that you know have, have questions about how I live my lifestyle, and this is just a way for me to try to give back and help in any way that I can. And like I said, I'm in no way, shape, or form. Like, who the fuck am I, Right to to help anybody i'm not equipped i'm just saying i've been through this arena of life and i don't consider myself a coach uh you know i consider myself a guide an approach um to help you reach whatever the fuck you're looking for right and and if i'm just a step along the way that's awesome if we're you know a relationship um that that lasts a long time to where we're a part of each other's lives and tribe awesome if it's a one question answer like Whatever we can do to help each other, I'm really, really into the let's grow together aspect of life, and I truly mean that when I say it. So with that, um, the email that I was going to read today is called The Power of the Mind's Not a Joke, and um, I truly mean that. You know, visualization. Visualization is, is huge, right? Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become who you are as a person, become your character, it's all about what you're doing when no one's watching. That's that's who you really are. It's the little daily things that you do that compound over time that create your reality. So you have to be aware of what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you're doing at all times. And it's hard. We constantly veer off the path we're supposed to be going down. We do things that are uncharacteristic, right? We do things that are out of the ordinary. We do things that we're ashamed of sometimes. We, do, we fuck up. We're human. It's okay, but to become aware of it is the first step, and then to actually take actions into changing it is the second. So the power of the mind is not a joke. That's the subject line of this email that I wrote, and at this point in my life, what I'm going to talk about, um, I was not very spiritual. I was uh, I was raised pretty much very, very blue-collar in the sense of 
pretty much what you get out of life is what you put into it. Uh, very forceful, very, very much like outwork everybody, very, very driven. And I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm thankful that that's how I was brought up because it taught me how to work. It gave me the walk-on mentality that I still have to this day about everything I do. How you do anything is how you do everything. How you show up when you wake up in the morning to make your bed is how you're going to show up to work, is how you're going to show up to the field, is how you're going to show up in school. How you show up is how the fuck you show up, regardless of what you think. How you do anything is how you do everything, right? So at this point in my life, I wasn't very spiritual. I was going through just just different shit, right? I was a kid uh, at this point in, in time. I think I was 18, maybe 19, turning 19. Um, I'm 25 now. But at this point, like I said, I had no idea. I didn't go to church. I didn't have anything spiritual. All I know is um, I was starting to kind of get pulled somewhere, right? I was starting to understand the power of the mind. We've had a couple people come talk to us, just things coaches say, you know, but nothing really stuck. So what is visualization? Visualization is the process of creating a visual image in one's mind or mentally rehearsing a planned movement in order to learn skills or enhance performance. So I'm a huge believer in visualization, not only because I constantly use it and it has personally worked for me several times, but because I believe you have to put yourself there first mentally in order to achieve it. When you are visualizing your goals, dreams, and manifestations, you are telling yourself exactly what to see, feel, and do. You are setting yourself up for success before the game has even started. My best friend, Luke Bakkenstead, always says, we are already there. The universe just needs to catch up. That statement is so true. You have to already believe that you are that lawyer, doctor, CEO, pro athlete, or whatever the fuck you want to be. You have to see it and feel it before it actually happens. When you do this, you're manifesting your success. But that's real. You have to really, really, really feel it, believe it, and put yourself in that position to become it. You have to really feel it and see it. You have to really feel it and see it. There was one time I said, have you ever benched 300, have you ever benched 315 pounds, right? Some of you guys are like, fuck yeah, bro, that's easy money. That's my warm-up, right? Yeah, but that's not mine. I'll be honest. Um, but there was this one time when I was a kid where, shout out to Coach Mofetta, love that guy. Um, Christian Mofetta, my badass, uh, one of my best friends is uh, currently in the Angels organization working his way, working his ass off. But one time we were about sophomores in high school, we went to the gym with his dad and his dad said, bench 315 pounds this we warmed up and everything we did our workout but he put on 315 and goes bench this and i was like there's no way in fuck i'm benching that you know what i mean like you're crazy and he goes how the hell are you ever gonna bench it if you've never felt it and i was like whoa and he obviously spotted me but he helped me feel it and that was the whole thing is how do you know unless you feel it and so you have to put yourself in that position you have to actually see it feel it believe it believe it for it to happen right the trick is you actually have to believe it so remember when I told you that luck led me to my greatest football memory ever, right? So yeah, I mean, so far, but I mean, I'm done. I hung my cleats up, but it's, it's my it's my greatest football memory of all time. Um, and what I mean by the luck in my previous, if you guys want to go back and listen, but some of these previous podcasts, I've talked about the luck. I've talked about the third door option. I've talked about the walk-up mentality of literally lying to get a spot on the field and lying to get my position. I lied to, to get a spot on the bus as the field goal holder um, and it manifested into my greatest football moment of all time. And like I said, zero offers. I had no business playing division one football. I had zero business being up there. And I truly mean that. I truly mean that. The only reason I was up there was I think because I really faked it until I became it. 
And I just kept manifesting. And I've been doing it since I was a kid. I've, all I ever wanted to be was a football player. I played that NCAA football game, as many of us did as kids, and just visualized myself in those uniforms and really, really wanted to play Division One football. And my buddy Luke, obviously um, the other half of, of the Uncommons and the Be Uncommon podcast, I've mentioned several times, has has brought out that that person in me and made me believe in myself before I even believed in myself. Um, so... Going into this visualization, right? What the fuck am I talking about? How did this happen? This was kind of the first thing that ever hit me spiritually, right? I'm kind of on this spiritual journey. I've had a spiritual awakening probably like these last three or four years of just different things, mentors, people I've met, um, things I've done and incorporated into my life. This day was the first time that something actually magical happened to me. I mean, probably not the first time that it's actually ever happened to me. It's probably obviously the universe is manifesting all the time in crazy ways that I'm unaware of, but I think the first time that I intentionally did something and it and it worked, if that made sense. The end of a drought. November 12th, 2016. It was an ESPN game day in Pullman, Washington. It wasn't game day. It wasn't like actually ESPN game day, but we were on ESPN uh, at Washington State, home in Pullman, Washington, home of the Washington State Cougars. Go Cougs. We're set to kick off against the Cal Bears at 7 p.m. under the lights with an electrifying atmosphere. Okay. Um, at this point in my life, my little lie has turned into being the full-time special teams starting returner for returning punts and kicks. All week studying film, we noticed that Cal leaves a lot of space open in the middle of the field when they punt. It was like they'd punt and they, there would just be a little crease in the middle of the field and we, we noticed that in the film and Coach Mealy set up a great game plan for that. So we worked all week on a simple middle return, super simple. Um, I felt pretty good this week. And uh, it's funny because leading up into that week, I was actually, the week before it was against Arizona and I had a pretty good uh, game returning. I had, it was, but before that, before that week, so two weeks prior, Coach Mealy pretty much put me on the chopping board like, hey bro, you got to start doing something back there or I'm going to have to replace you. You know I mean? You're, you're reliable, but you're not doing anything. You know, there's no spark there right now. You're kind of, you're just there. You're comfortable. So against Arizona, I took some risks. I took some risks. I had some good returns. And heading into this week, I felt good. I got some confidence back. I had a good week of practice. My daily routine was uh, was to visualize scoring um, every single day. I started to actually visualize myself scoring. And I actually remember, shout out to KP Rush. I don't know if he listens or anybody that knows Rush. Um, but in high school, this kind of happened too. I had a paradigm shift in high school, and it's all because of KP Rush. My uh, the first The first game in high school, my senior year, we're playing La Habra. And I'm returning punts and kicks. And I kept, I would break them to about 50, 60 yards and I'd get tripped up. I was, and it was weird. I kept, I kept tripping, right? Going into the second game, first punt return, I trip. KP Rush, one of our coaches, pulls me to the sideline and says, just stare at the end zone. Just stare at the end zone. Stop, stop looking and just stare at the end zone. Literally stare at the fucking end zone and everything will take care of itself. That game alone, I had four punt return touchdowns, four in one game, because I just started staring at the end zone, and it was pretty insane. It was because like once you stare at the end zone, you're clear of where your goal is. Everything else, like people were just bouncing off me, my body was just naturally reacting. Stare at the end zone. Where are you? Where's your goal? Where do you want to go? Fucking stare at it and give the energy towards that goal. It'll take you there. Everything else will just happen for you. It'll manifest for you, and that's what that's what happened. So. That took me, and that that led me to a fantastic senior year. That led me to play Division One football. Um, but that game, that statement alone, started that. 
started this movement for me to be kind of a, a specialist at returning punts and kicks. And so I started to visualize. I started adding visualization this week into kind of my routine. I, I, I think I saw it on a podcast or something. I can't narrow down where I saw it or heard it, but I started to visualize. It wasn't specific. I couldn't quite get there in my mind. I wasn't really seeing it clearly. All I knew is I wanted to score a fucking touchdown. I wanted to score a touchdown, a punt return touchdown. How, how sick would that be, right? So on that game day, I did my normal game day routine. I had three cups of coffee, some breath work, and a visualization while I showered. And my breath work was super minimal. Like it wasn't very like spiritual like I am now. Um, my breath work was very just like, like breathing, um, you know, just just kind of slowing down the heart rate because it's a 7 p.m. game and you're kind of hyped up, right? Um, and I had a routine with my roommate, Kyle Sweet at the time. Shout out to Kyle. He's, he's balling out in Europe right now. Um, but we kind of had our little routine together. Um, but I uh, started to visualize in the shower. So in the shower, I could see so clearly what I was imagining, my uniform, what I was wearing, the crowd, literally everything, the walk-in. I could, I could literally feel it. I closed my eyes and I was visualizing this in the shower. When I was visualizing, I was pretending to be the ESPN announcer, right? I was pretending to be the announcer. And this is something that I did as a kid all the time. Like, Caleb Fossum with the catch down the sideline, breaks a tackle, the crowd goes crazy, right? Doing all that shit. So this is what I said to myself in the shower. I said, uh, Cal starts the game with the ball and goes three and out. Coming out to receive the punt is number 83, Caleb Fossum, the walk-on out of Lake Forest, California. Cal getting ready to punt. Cal punts the ball. Fossum catches it cleanly. Hits the hole. Bounces outside. Fossum's down the sideline to the 20. To the 10 to the 5. Touchdown, Cougars! Martin Stadium is rocking! <sighs> the crowd's going. I literally visualized that. I spoke. I spoke it. I felt it. I believed it. I, I was literally like, holy shit, right? But in the shower, I'm, I'm just getting hyped, right? I mean, I'm getting hyped by myself in the shower. I mean, there's, there's a whole other part to like actually doing this fucking thing you're visualizing, right? So, uh... Time to head to the stadium. I, I showered. We get ready. We, we head down. Um, as soon as we stepped off the bus, the energy was fucking insane. I remember that day like it was yesterday. Um, like I said, it was a 7.30 start time. So it was late. Um, it was really cool at Washington State and Pullman. And we would park and we'd walk our way through the stadium like a lot of Division I schools do. We walk our way through the stadium and all the, the fans and students are surrounding you. And the fucking energy, man, is just insane. Um so the stadium was already filling up. The music's loud and, and everybody's starting to vibe. Like you're getting into that stadium like, damn, bro, like we're about to play a game right now. You know, it's game day. It's fucking game day. That's literally the next line. That's funny. It's fucking game day. Um, so I tell all the athletes I work with now who struggle in college early trying to discover their role on a new team after being the best on their high school team is to find that confidence again. It's a very hard transition from high school to D1. To find that confidence. And you know, in high school, you're like, I'm the baddest motherfucker on this field. And you truly believe that because you probably are. But in college, everybody at that school is the bad, was the baddest motherfucker at their school. You know what I'm saying? So you're in a stadium full of bad motherfuckers. The best players at their school. So you have to like get a new confidence about you. You got to get your swagger back. So I like to take myself. I used to take myself back to high school. How did I feel in high school, man? I was loose. I didn't give a fuck, man. All I worried about was balling out on Friday and being with my boys. That's all I cared about, right? So you go from being the best player on the team to a walk-on fighting for your spot daily. That's what happened. I mean, I would, I'm, I'm, I'm not like, oh, I was the best player. I'm just saying that's the mentality, right? You go from being one of the best players on your high school team to a walk-on fighting every single day for your fucking spot. 
And in my vision, I was wearing a white sleeve on my left arm, something I wore every single game in high school. I rocked this white sleeve on my left arm. It was kind of like my armor. It was like Superman's fucking cape, man. I just felt, I felt myself with that, with that arm sleeve. And athletes know that you got a little bit, little bit about you. You have your routine, right? And I stopped doing my routine when I got to college because I was shame. I was insecure about it. I didn't want people thinking like, oh, look at this fucking walk on. Like, who the hell is this guy? Like, trying to swag out. You know what I mean? I felt insecure about it. I had some fear. I had. So a lot of insecurities being a walk-on. Um, so in high school, I used to get my eye plat. I had my eye black, and I'd put it on, and then I'd sh- put it down my face. Um, I'd wear my eye black every game, and I had my left sleeve, my left arm sleeve. And I never did it until now. Um, and it was it was my safe place. It was my confidence. It was my superstition. So this was the first game that I put it back on. Um, so the game starts, right? Cal elects to receive pretty crazy and i'm sitting there thinking that but you know what like uh um we had a pretty good uh captain at the time was jamal morrow i think he literally won every single coin toss um and we wanted cal to receive we wanted to give our defense um the opportunity just to create some momentum right and uh cal gets the ball and those fuckers go three and out exactly how i started my my uh, visualization in the shower house call house call on the launch pad coach yells out the launch pads where we all meet Special teams, uh, whatever special teams unit is is getting ready to go on the field. They meet on the launch pad. We call our play. We fucking run out in the field, right? So we're getting on the launch pad, and I have this rush of energy inside of me, man. Like, but it's it's uh it's anxious as well. Uh, it's a fucking sold out crowd that night. It was it was crazy. It was it was one of the uh, the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, in crowds and in energy. Um. I mean, this is the shit I use, I literally used to dream about as a kid, right? Playing in a stadium like this and 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 all this this excitement, man, this energy. Um, I was still trying to find myself on this team. I was trying to find a role. I was trying to leave my mark, bring value, and solidify myself, solidify to myself that I can do this. I was still trying to to be a guy, man, and to have a role and to and to have faith in myself and to have the team have faith in me. You know, like again, I did some cool things a little early. Some stuff got called back early in the year that I did, um, but I just I wanted to be I wanted to be a guy, and um, you know, so I thought maybe this was the opportunity. So we get off the launch pad, and I go back to receive this punt, um, and I'm I'm going out there, and it's it's insane, man. It's really cool, you know. You go out there and you hear the announcer, and they announce your name, and you're like, man, everybody in the state. I mean, you're the lone. When you're a punt returner, and if if those that are listening are are football players and, and return punts, you're on an island. You are by yourself back there, and if you think of it, they punt the ball, and you're looking up trying to catch the ball as as the punt team is running full speed down the field to take your fucking head off. So it's a very um, adrenaline-filled position, and there's a lot of anxiety back there. You have to catch this punt, which catching the punt is in itself one of the hardest things to do in football, Um, you know. It's it, it's fucking hard. It's just you're catching a punt. They kick it off their foot. There's spins. There's different types of spins. Sometimes the, the wind, the lights. There's a lot of external factors that are kind of out of your control. Your job is to securely catch this fucking ball to give the offense the ball back, to give us the ball back, and to create some momentum heading into the drive. A good return creates momentum for the offense, right? So it's a really, really cool job and holds a lot of trust. It's, it's a job that you have to have, your coaches have to have trust in you to send you back there. So I really, really in, enjoyed the fact that the coaches had enough, you know, they relied on me enough and trusted me enough to put me back there. So I'm going back there and I'm, I'm soaking in the crowd. I'm being present. Um, 
and the ball snapped. As soon as it leaves the punter's foot, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. Um, it's almost like I blacked out and something magical took over me. And I had like this calmness shower over me when the ball was kicked. It's weird. It's like you're super, you have all this anxiety and all this, all this like shit building up. And as soon as the ball is kicked, it was like, ah, and I just sat there and I waited for the, I did I barely had to move. The ball was literally kicked right at me. I barely had to move. Um, and it was insane. I catch the ball. I hit the middle of the field exactly like we practiced. I bounced outside and I fucking scored a touchdown. Um, and the stadium was rocking. It was insane. I remember that moment like it was yesterday. I score, I pop up, and I'm just like soaking up the crowd. I'm giving high fives to the crowd. It was it was insane. It was kind of like my first moment of like a validation, if that makes sense. Because I was, again, I was still trying to find my role. I was a walk-on. I wasn't really... I wasn't really solidified. I was I was on the chopping board as of two weeks ago, you know? And so being a walk-on, coming from zero offers and then being at Washington State in a Pac-12 stadium and scoring a touchdown on ESPN was something that I I always wanted to do. Um, I always believed I could do subconsciously, but very, very deep down. But I don't think anyone else thought I could do. So it was a very, 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 very real moment for me. Um, I have the link to the highlight of my touchdown, which people fuck with me all the time. Like, how many times are you going to post that fucking touchdown? I'm like, fuck you guys. It was awesome. I loved it. Um, but there's a link to the uh, to the email on here, um, to that video. You can all, you can find it on fucking YouTube and ESPN and shit. It's cool. Um, but anyway, it was, it was awesome. It was just this moment, right? And it was exactly how I envisioned it. The visualization that I talked about at the beginning of this podcast, literally, Moment by moment, I caught the ball. I went up the middle. I I did exactly as I pretended to announce in the shower. And literally, when I got the clip afterwards, when I saw the clip and I heard the announcer, it was almost word for word what I said. So in that moment, I knew that there was something greater out there. I literally went to the sideline and sat on the bench. And uh, one of my best friends, Hunter Dale, comes to the side of comes to me and goes, "Man, we're dope." And I'm like, "What do you mean, we?" And he was like, man, whatever you do, I do. We're dope, man. That was tight. You did that, but we did that. And then walked away, and it was funny. It was a funny moment. Um, and he knows what I'm talking about if he's listening to this. He probably doesn't listen to this, you fucking asshole. Support your friend. Um, but anyway, it was one of those moments where I really realized there was something greater out there. Again, I wasn't religious. I, I believed in a God. I believed in something bigger, but nothing really happened to me. And that was something that I was like, yo, there are there's magic out there. Um, and there's something greater and this was more than just a touchdown for me. This was reassurance that I was right where I was supposed to be. Um, that was the first punt return touchdown in over 15 years at Washington State. So I ended a drought of special teams touchdowns. It was really cool because me and Coach Mealy shared Coach uh, Coach Mealman. What a great guy. I don't know if he's listening either. But, uh, you know, he's a special teams coordinator at Mississippi State. Now, i got to get him on the podcast, actually. I'm going to reach out to him. Uh, but... You know, in that moment, I mean, he took a risk on getting me there and he took a risk on putting me out there. And I have no fucking idea why Coach Mealy put me out there. I'll be honest with you. I There was guys that were way more equipped to be the punt returner, that were way more athletic than me, were five stars out of high school, whatever the case was. I Like, he, he bet on me and he put me out there. He believed in me. There was something about me that he saw and he put me out there. Even in times I didn't believe in myself. Um, and we shared that moment because, you know, it's, it's for him too. You, you know, you got to realize... You know, whether you're a player or a spectator, these coaches, this is their livelihood. They're feeding their kids based off the performance of these 18 to 22-year-old kids that are out there performing. 
That's how they feed their families. That's their fucking job. And it's based off the performance of others. A lot of shit is out of the coach's control, right? They're doing the best that they fucking can every single day to prepare these student athletes for the game, right? So there's a relationship that's built there. And so, you know, I hugged Mealy after, and it was just a really, really cool moment um, that I was able to help help provide value to his life in, in that moment. Um, you know, so again, it was the first punt return touchdown over 15 years, and it was done by a small white walk-on who was told he wasn't good enough to play Division I football. Several people laughed at me when I said I was going to play D1. Um, even when I walked on at Washington State, I knew people were still talking shit. Um, I know people didn't think I would ever do anything at the Division I level. I know that people... Even, you know, when you post and you're like, oh, I'm opportunity to go play. I was blessed to receive a walk-on opportunity to play at Washington State. I know people were like, yeah, I mean, that's cool. He's not going to go do shit, you know? And there was even a coach that told me, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he was at Dixie State at the time when I was in high school. And he told me, he was at Dixie State. Dixie State at this point was a Division II school. They offered me to come play football and baseball. And he told me, uh, you know, he wanted me to commit on the spot. And I said, hey, coach, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till after baseball season. And he said, what are you waiting for? What do you think Oregon's going to call you tomorrow? You're not you're not good enough to play Division One football. That's what he told me on the phone. <laughs> I promise you. And uh, I said, with all due respect, Coach, you, you don't know me well enough then, and I appreciate it, but um, I'm not going to go to your school and play for you. And so Oregon didn't call, but Washington State did. And actually, my, my time at Washington State, we beat Oregon twice when I was there. So fuck that guy. Um, anyway. So it's just, it was believing in myself, right? And betting on myself. But the power of the mind, the power of the mind is not a fucking joke. Our thoughts have so much power and impact on our lives and everyone else around us. It is a literal living, breathing thing. Your thoughts are living and breathing and manifesting every single day, every single moment. Everything that you're thinking comes true. It really does. If you're giving it energy, if you're thinking about it and giving it energy, it will come true eventually, good or bad. So everything good or bad, you're manifesting into your life. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become who you are as a person, right? I share all this to say keep fucking going. Prove yourself right. If there's something inside of you, inside of your soul that you know that you were born to do, take that risk. There's going to be so many reasons why you shouldn't pursue it. Why you shouldn't stop or why, sorry, damn, my nose is itchy. There's going to be so many reasons why you shouldn't pursue it, why you should stop and quit and why your ideas seem so fucking crazy to everybody else. I love that line. I'm going to say it one more time. Prove yourself right. If there's something inside of you, inside of your soul that you know that you were born to do, take that risk. There are going to be so many reasons why you shouldn't pursue it why you should stop and quit, or why your ideas seem so fucking crazy to everybody else. But you know what? They are not you. That is your greatest superpower, that you are the only one on this planet that is you. You're the only one. You're the most uncommon, unique version of yourself. Remember that shit. Think of all the wonderful things that make you you. Be confident in that and chase your fucking dreams. Bet on yourself. Be uncommon. Okay? Visualize. Take five to 10 minutes out of your day to do this. Start with five deep breaths on a four count inhale. Four count hold. Eight count exhale. Four seconds in, four second hold, eight seconds out. 
Start with five deep breaths like this. Calm yourself down. Then start to imagine. Start to use your brain. Start to think of what you want. Everything that you want. Where are you? What are you wearing? What are you doing? What's around you? What do you see? What can you feel? What can you touch? What can you smell? Visualize it. Visualize it. Use your senses. Where are you? What are you wearing? What's around you? Be aware of all the feelings and emotions that come up during this. Write them down, dissect it, and manifest it, okay? I want to hear about your experiences with this exercise. So email me results. Hit me up. DM me. Email me if you're on the Dance with Fear. But again, five deep breaths. Visualize. Journal about it. Super simple. Five to ten minutes out of your day. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. And... Continue to do this because it's a muscle. You got to grow this muscle. It's not going to happen. It might not happen the first time. You might have a crazy experience the first time or nothing might happen. But you got to continue to grow the muscle, continue to put the work in, continue to show up and and be you. So Caleb Fossum signing off on a solo cast. Um, let's continue to grow together. I appreciate you guys, each and every, every single one of you that support myself, Luke, the Uncommons, the Be Uncommon podcast, the Dance With Fear email newsletter. Um, everybody that hits us up, everybody that asks me questions, everybody that that just supports and listens. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Um, and if this helps you, just please reach out and tell me why it helped you or what I can do to become better. What can I do to help you? Um, I really, really mean that. I That is my life goal is to connect, communicate, and serve and create a, an environment to where we all can grow together. And I really, really, truly mean that from the bottom of my heart. So please, please, please reach out to me. Um, with that being said, love you guys. One love, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later.